Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Compass Podcast, presented by the Bowman Wealth Group. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees, so they may be able to make more informed decisions about their financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional, holistic financial planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bowman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bowman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has provided financial leadership for those he serves. Hello, this is Scott Vallon with the Your Financial Compass podcast. I'm a financial advisor out in Roseville, California, just outside of Sacramento. Um, If you've been listening I appreciate it as we've been releasing these generally every couple weeks. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Every episode, we're looking into something different, looking over commonly asked questions, things in the financial realm, sometimes just basic stuff that uh, people might be too afraid to ask, and we go through some of that. Today, we have an interesting topic, which I'll get to here in a second. Uh, With that said, if anything you hear today prompts you to want to ask more questions, you can certainly reach out to us. The email, best way to reach us is uh, via email, ask, A-S-K at bowmanwealth.com. That's A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. And also, if you've been listening, you want to leave a review, by all means, leave a review. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Audible, anywhere you're listening to this, feel free to leave a review. So now today's podcast, I guess I'll title unofficially, Myths of the Retirement Number. Um, We see this a lot. We used to see ads about it. I don't want to name any names of financial institutions. Uh, I can see one in particular, an ad that used to air. Um, But you see, uh, I'll give you some frame of reference. A lot of times people will talk about a retirement number and say it's this large amount of money, 2.25% million dollars. And you'll see these ads where someone's walking around or riding on a bike and they're holding this, you know, this number um, that says 2.25 million or someone's 3 million or someone's 1.9 million. And in one regard, it's enlightening. And in another regard, I think it can be intimidating and, and potentially scary. Because let's think of it like this. And not everyone probably sees it this way, but I know several folks have that I've talked to where Imagine you're watching this ad and you see someone who's similar to you in age and their retirement number is two and a half million. And then you look in your own account. Say you've got a 401k and you're hoping to retire in a few years and you've got 600,000. And you see this person similar age and their retirement number is 2.25 million. Well, human nature is going to be like, uh oh, panic kicks in. And you start to wonder, oh my gosh, I am so far behind. Maybe in some instances you are. But what I want to do, in some instances you aren't. And that's what I want to talk about today because I feel like there's some misconceptions with that. And I I think it can be a little misleading. That's my opinion. I will qualify it that way. But I want to explain how we view the retirement number and all the different factors that work into that number. It's more than just this blob of money I'm supposed to have in my 401k or investment accounts. Because like I said, 
you know, you're going to look at that and see, oh my gosh, 2.25 million. I have 600,000. I'm so far, far behind. I'll never retire. And then you just, you know, your day is ruined. So let's walk through what the retirement number actually is, where your retirement account plays into that, also where other things factor in from social security to pension to inheritance to taxes to inflation, all those things. And it all leads into this is why we need a retirement income plan. I've had these uh, podcasts. I've talked about that before, but this is just another way of reiterating that, but also a way of saying, pump the brakes. It's probably not as scary as this ad (laughs) might lead us to believe. So in one regard, I saw a definition, kind of a, a crude definition. Hey, what's the retirement number? One website said the amount you need to safely pull the plug on your job. Okay, in in a in one regard, that's that's true, but let's look at it a little bit deeper. So there is a financial institution called Smart Asset. They did a study generally each year, and the the study this year is they surveyed um, some folks to see, hey, what's the amount of money Americans feel like the average American needs to have saved to retire comfortably, and that number is one point two seven million. Um, the number of the prior year was 1.25. I mean, just naturally, that number is going to increase. That could have some truth to it, but comfortable is a relative term, you know, and that's why they ask a different, you know, different smattering of folks. But in terms of retirement number, the way that we see it is this is the amount of money you're going to need to retire and provide for you and your family or just for you or whomever, you and your wife, you and your husband. For your retirement years, because they always say the you know the the biggest fear of retirees is outliving our money. It's not even death. So let I'm just going to walk through some hypotheticals, just a fictitious example of what this all means, um, and just use some numbers. We're not going to deep dive because I'd have a two hour podcast on it, but just enough to hopefully enlighten you, maybe spark some thought, spark some questions, or maybe relieve a little bit of uh, anxiety you had about all of this. So let's just use some basic numbers. Imagine someone's retiring John or Jane, we'll say John and Jane Doe, married couple, kids have grown up and moved along. And say John and Jane Doe need $5,000 a month spendable for the next 30 years. So they're in their early 60s. They're going to retire. Guys, I'm not going to factor inflation into these numbers because we get real far into the weeds, but just a basic understanding. So say John and Jane Doe need $5,000 a month spendable, meaning like after taxes, they need $5,000 to pay for all their different bills. Well, if you take that number, which is $60,000 a year, in this instance for the next 30 years, well, that's $1.8 million. So in a very basic way, you can look and say, hey, that's my retirement number. That's John and Jane Doe's retirement number in this scenario. That number doesn't factor in inflation. If it does, that number's up in the low two millions. But just for the sake of this example, we'll just say flat 5,000 a month for the next 30 years. So in this instance, their retirement number is they need $1.8 million. Well, guess what? Say they've got $750,000 in their uh, collected 401ks or IRAs or investment accounts. Well, guess what? It's not 1.8 million. And where some of this 
you know, these ads that we've seen in the past, again, I won't name names, will say, you don't have 1.8 million, you're in trouble. Oh no, I'm, I'm panicking, what do I do? Okay, pause for a second. 750,000, well, that's part of the equation. It's not the whole equation. Where do we begin to fill in the cracks or the gaps to get closer to John and Jane Doe's retirement number? Well, one place is Social Security. We've done podcasts on this. I even did one where, you know, it's probably going to change over time. We can go on and on about that. But just again, for today's example, they're going to be getting $2,000 a month. Just, you know, not a huge amount. Most folks are getting more than that, but just <laughs> bear with me for easy math. So say they're getting $2,000 a month, which is $24,000 a year for the next 30 years that's $720,000. That's a lot of money. Guess what? That number goes into that retirement number. So we said their retirement number is $1.8 million. Well, Social Security is potentially providing $720,000 of that. And that's where some of these ads don't explain that. It's like, well, gosh, I don't have enough saved. Pump the brakes. You've been pump or you've been paying into Social Security for a long time. It's gonna do some of the lifting for you. So in this example, seven hundred twenty thousand. Great. Now another figure that comes in is for this example. Say they have a thousand dollars a month of pension money. Maybe they worked a job that paid a pension. Generally, pensions are gonna be lar larger. But we've talked with folks that they, they work with a company for a few years, it's a small pension. So for this example, it's $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year. For the next 30 years, that's 360,000. Again, guess what? That number, 360,000, goes towards that retirement number for John and Jane Doe of $1.8 million. You combine the total amount they'll get from Social Security, total amount they'll get from the pension, and it is $1.08 million. $1.08 million just from those two sources alone. What if someone had rental income? What if your pension was higher? What if Social Security was higher? The point I want to make and the thing I want you to take away, and maybe you know this, but just again, sometimes we go to basic levels for the folks that might not as be as well seasoned with, with these things, and that's fine, is these numbers also work into the retirement number. So if you feel behind because you don't think you have enough saved, well, there are other things that come in for reinforcements from Social Security to pension um, so in this instance, you know, I'll get out my calculator. Say they got 1.8 million as a retirement number, and they're getting 1,080,000 from their uh, Social Security and pension alone. Well, now there's a gap of 720,000. Well, as we said earlier, they have 750,000 in their 401ks. It gets deeper than that because obviously in the 401ks there's going to be taxes, so it's not a net. 750,000. You know, that retirement number is a net number. So I, I should have said this earlier. Social Security will have some taxes involved. Pensions will have taxes involved. 401ks, IRAs will have taxes involved. So it's not a net figure. So, you know, to figure, you know, we would need more than 1.8 million in those accounts. But again, the point is there's other things that come into play.
Flip side of this, just to mention is, you know, if, if someone's calculating the retirement number, say it's, again, John Jane Doe, they have $1.8 We use the basic Social Security numbers that I gave, pension numbers, and say they only have $300,000 in their 401ks, well, then there is a gap, a larger gap, and maybe we aren't on track. That's where you, I mean, obviously you'd rather find out sooner than later, Maybe you need to adjust things of, gosh, you know, I need to work longer than I thought, which is, you know, no one wants to do that, but sometimes there's, you know, hard facts. That's one. Maybe we need to trim down our budget. So it's, it tells us two things. One, it tells us, hey, we're better off than we thought. Great. Or it tells us, hey, we're a little behind, but the sooner we find that out, the better. You know, hey, if I find out I'm behind five years prior to when I want to retire, well, that gives us five years to do, you know, what is the gap? What, how much do I need to save or earn between now and then to get me closer to that retirement number? And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and I've said this several times, one of the most important things when it comes to someone's financial future is retirement income planning. How do all of these things work together? From finding out what is the budget, Okay, well, that's the biggest thing that we're trying to find out. Other things like, okay, I want to make sure I have enough set aside for a medical emergency. Or I want to make sure for the first 10 years of retirement I have extra money for travel. There's all these other factors and things we can get into the weeds, but obviously we'd rather have these things mapped out. I've said this before, if we're going to travel across the country or fly across the globe, we're going to follow some kind of map to make sure we get there um, you know, in an orderly fashion without too much, uh, too much variance. But coming back to the planning, we have to find out how much do we need. We find out, okay, well, what is our Social Security stream going to pay us? What is our pension going to pay us? Maybe we don't have a pension. Maybe we have rental income. Maybe we have uh, extra money in cash. Obviously, hopefully we have investment accounts to see how much of those accounts need to work into this. There's always inheritance, um, well, not always. There can be inheritance. Some folks are fortunate to have that, and some aren't. But for those that are, that is something that we need to factor in. And that amount that you potentially inherit can go towards that retirement number that we're talking about. Another thing, though, that comes into planning, which I didn't use in these examples, is inflation. You know, inflation obviously is a hot topic. As I record this today on, what's today, July 12th, inflation numbers were very positive. They just came out. But it's always there. We always want to factor in inflation because it's always been there. It's not always been as high as it's been the last couple of years. But the point is we want to factor it in. Um, be it 2%, 3%, we can be conservative and say, gosh, yeah, I'd rather be air on the set of caution, say 4%. But we have to factor in inflation. So $5,000 now in purchasing power and 10 years to retain that purchasing power. If we have, say, inflation of 3%, well, guess what? You need more than $5,000. Um, and those numbers, if we really want to get into the nitty-gritty, work towards that retirement number. And those things, especially inflation, balloons or expands that retirement number. And it's not just a simple 1.8. Maybe it's 2.3. Maybe it's 2.4. But I would argue Social Security will have some inflation. Say you have investments. In most instances, those will be receiving you know, growth, 
depending how you have it invested. So we didn't factor in that into this equation of John and Jane Doe having seven hundred fifty thousand. What if they're earning five percent a year? That plays a big factor. Obviously, taxes play in, um, but it's all those sorts of things. And I feel like it's never too early to start planning. Oh, you know, maybe if you're in your twenties or thirties. But if you think that you're going to potentially retire in a few years, hey, let's start to map these things out and find out where the blind spots are. Um, or maybe you know we feel like we can retire in a year. We do a plan. We factor all this in. And, oh, gosh, I feel so behind on my retirement number. We do a plan say, you're well on track. You could re- retire next week. That's a great feeling. Or the flip side, devil's advocate, if we do it and we feel like we're behind, okay, what is the gap? How does that extend my time frame? Maybe I thought of retiring two years. Maybe it needs to be four years. Okay, well, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you swallow it and then say, what do I now need to do? The point of today's podcast was, I feel like the retirement number thing is a bit misleading. As I said earlier, it doesn't always need to mean if your retirement number's you know, $2 million, it doesn't mean automatically you need to have $2 million saved in your 401k the day you retire or on all your investments. Because if that were the case, a lot of us would be behind and be like, oh my gosh, I'm, this, this isn't what I anticipated. That's where I wanted to say, hey, there's these other factors that play in from social security, pension, um, all the different things. So again, as I said earlier, if anything came up today that you have a question on, Reach out to us, ask at bullmanwealth.com, A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. If you heard uh, things, you want to leave a review, by all means, leave a review. I appreciate it either way, good or bad. Uh, But thank you nonetheless for listening. It's fun to get feedback when people tell me, hey, we've been hearing this and and we learned this, or hey, thanks for talking about this. Also, if, if you have things that you want me to consider doing a show on, shoot us an email to let me know. But hopefully you learned something today. I appreciate you folks. Have a great uh, summer and we will see you next time. Bowman Wealth is an investment advisor registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply any level of skill or training. The oral and written communications of an advisor provide you with information where you can determine to hire or retain an advisor. For more information, please visit advisorinfo.sec.gov and search for our firm name. This presentation has been provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. Any statements or opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bowman, Inc., DBA, Bowman Wealth Group, and Retirement Wealth Advisors, RWA, Registered Investment Advisors. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through Chris Bowman, Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.